Welcome to 716 Fast Break Podcast, Episode 2, where we talk everything about NFL, NHL, NBA, MLB. Um, this week, we're going to start with the NHL and get right into Round 2. Um, currently, we had the Stars versus the Avalanche. The Stars are leading 2-1. to one. The Bruins versus the Lightning, where the Lightning are leading 2-1. to one. We had the Golden Knights taking off against the Canucks, uh, which the series is 1-1. One one. And the Islanders versus the Flyers, which the series is also one one. Um, out of all these games so far, was the most surprising thing to you? I'm gonna say that the Golden Knights aren't up two nothing for me, especially after how the game went. Yeah, absolutely blew out the Canucks in Game One. What was it, five to two, something like that? Yeah. Then um, game two, the Canucks came back and won like five three, five two. Mm-hmm. Um, Canucks knocked out the Blues, so I thought the Canucks would have came out strong, and to pull out a game like they did in game one, that was surprising to me. Dallas is pretty surprising too. I mean. Colorado's firing on all cylinders, and then they lose two straight. I mean. Exactly. All of us had the Avalanche winning over the Stars. I still think they will, but it's going to go seven. I think so, too. Probably going to go, um, if not six. Um, just the Stars have been looking really good. Yeah. The Flyers, they came out in game one, got absolutely Want what was it for nothing? Yeah. Then last week, the last game, they were up three to one. Tried to throw it away. Luckily, they came back to win in overtime. Um, I but let's get right back into the Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champs who got knocked down in the first round. Um, Tyler, and I know you're a fan of them. What do you feel? What do you think about that? It's hockey. I mean, anything can happen. Exactly. Any, just like the NFL, any given Sunday. Yeah, you're not going to win when your goalie has a save percentage of .897, I think it was. I mean, it's just not going to cut it. Mm-mm. It was definitely a rough series. Yeah. And then after the first round, the Capitals started their head coach, Tom Reardon, after two seasons. He went – 89 and 42 in two seasons. Um, they got knocked out in the first round in back to back years. They lost 4 3 to the Hurricanes last year and lost 4 1 to the Islanders this year. Um, do you think the firing was necessary or did you think that they pulled the plug too soon? I think it was good. I mean, the great eight's only going to stay in the league so much longer. I mean, he's getting old, got to use him all he can. Can't keep losing in the first round. No, especially after they won the Stanley Cup three years ago. And ever since then, they just keep getting knocked out in the first round. Yep. Kind of as harsh as it sounds, even even though hockey's not my strongest suit, um, at the end of the day, like, if you can't produce in the playoffs, it's the same thing that killed Jason Garrett for the Cowboys. I'll be 100% honest with you. He, great all regular season, got to the playoffs, they sucked. So, the way I see it, if you can't win in the playoffs, then you don't deserve to be in, in the league. Or at least a part of a good team. Exactly. We've been seeing, like, in the NBA, NBA will begin to 
after <clears throat> all the first round knockouts, you see their head coaches being fired in as well. Um, we did have a trade between the Penguins and the Maple Leafs. Um, the Penguins got Kasperi Kapanen, a right wing, uh, defender Jasper Lindgren, uh, left wing Pontus Aberg, and the Maple Leafs again, uh, 2020 round one pick, 15th overall, left winger, who we all know, Evan Rodriguez, uh, center Philippe Hall. Hollander and defensive and defenseman David Worsowski. I'm sorry if I butchered those names. Like Ryan NHL is also not my strong suit, so I don't know most of these players. Um, do you guys have a winner in this trade? I mean, to me, it just kind of seems pointless for both teams. I mean, you're just moving kind of float players back and forth, but who knows? I mean, they might play out in new settings. They're kind of those players that needed new settings to maybe flourish. Well, we'll see. I, I just think it's funny that Evan Rodriguez is on the Maple Leafs. We'll get to see him four times a year now. Yeah. Hopefully kick his ass four times. <laughs> um, We also had the Coyotes, who had to forfeit their 2020 second-round pick and then 2021 first-round pick. They put draft picks through physical tests, which is against the combine testing guidelines. Do you think that punishment was too much or – no, no. I do, but the league's trying to set a standard and prove a point. So, I mean, you're first to do it. You're going to face the harshest punishment. I mean, it's the Coyotes. Who cares anyways? <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see the Coyotes actually playing good lately. Yeah. Good to see them not suck it up and be at the bottom of the league anymore. Yeah, they saved that spot for the Sabres now, unfortunately. <laughs> Badly. Um, there was one injury to talk about. Um, Vladimir Tarasenko, he has shoulder surgery, and he'll be reevaluated again in five months. Um, hopefully, he'll be back for the regular for the Blues. If not, that would be a pretty big loss. Uh, does anyone have anything else to talk about with the NHL playoffs that they want to include? Mickey McVay's uh, seven to one win over Boston was pretty good. Yeah, Boston <laughs> that, fell that apart. Second period. Anytime a Boston team gets blown out, it's a good thing. Hey, hey. <laughs> Even Especially. though I don't like Tampa either, but hashtag <laughs> Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're in a call with a bunch of those players and a Falcons fan, you're going to get shit. Yeah. Who's got more rings, though? Yeah, that's not talking about that. We went to four Super Bowls in a row. I mean, come on. Does it get any better than that? Who's I mean, got more video what? cameras? <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty much. So let's just skip right over to the NBA. Um, in. Some of the games in round one are ready with the uh, Miami Heat being the Pacers. The uh, Heat swept the Pacers 4-0 on Goran Dragic. He averaged 23 points a game. He has scored double figures 22 straight playoff games, tying in for the fourth longest streak in Heat history. It's their first series win since 2016 where they beat the Hornets and then got knocked out in the very next round by the Raptors. 
Um, after that game, the Pacers fired their head coach, Nick Millen, after they were swept. Um, with the Pacers, they're usually a pretty early exit from the playoffs, so I firing makes sense. Um, I have no idea who they're looked to to bring in, but for me, that was a good fire. Um, we also had Celtics sweeping the 76ers. Um, the 76ers without much of a fight. Kemba Walker averaged 24 points a game. And also, just like the Pacers, after the 76ers got swept, they fired their head coach, Brett Brown. Um, we have the Jazz versus Nuggets, which is a good series right now. They're tied. No. Jazz is up 3-2 over the Nuggets. Yep. Yep. Um, Donovan Mitchell joined Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson as the only players to ever score over 50 points twice in a single playoff series, which is crazy to believe. Donovan Mitchell has been going off this playoff, though. Yeah, he's pretty good. I'm not a – basketball is not my strongest suit, but what do you think about the Clippers dropping almost 160 points? Wasn't that a record in the NBA playoffs? Uh, yeah, they dropped 154. I'm not sure if that's a record or not, but that, that's a lot of points. Well, playoff P finally showed up. <laughs> First um, time this year. I actually don't have that game in my notes. I must have missed that. The Clippers? Yeah. Yeah, they won 154 to 111. So, I mean, they they demolished. The series, um, 3-1 Clippers right now, right? Or is it 3-2? 3-2. 3-2. Yeah. The Unicorn's out for the rest of the series, I just seen. That was breaking news earlier. Unfortunately for the Mavs. He is? Yep. I did not see that. He's got a slight tear in his meniscus. Oh, geez. Yep. So, you break here on the podcast. Um, it's just up to Broken Luca now. Luca, that game he had the other night, he just went all. He's the only reason why they won that game in overtime. Um, had the uh, Raptors versus the Nets, which was quick, easy sweep. Uh, the bench, the Toronto Raptors bench set a record for most points in the NBA playoff history with 100 <laughs> points. Um, uh, Serge Ibaka averaged 19 points a game. Uh, the Nets are rumored to try to pursue Spurs head coach Greg Popovich. What do you guys think about that? One of the best to ever do it. Um, if they happen to land him, I think that team needs a whole hell of a lot better. And they'll have healthy KD next year and a fully healthy Kyrie. I mean, just imagine what they'll be with that team. That could be stacked. Yeah. That's if they could get Greg Popovich, which you don't see any trades going on in the NBA for coaches like you've seen in the past in the NFL. So I'm not sure if that's going to come to fruition. Um. Had the Lakers versus the Trailblazers. The Lakers are out on this series. On Mamba Day, August 24th, the Lakers were beating the Trailblazers by a score of 24-8, to which is pretty amazing to see. Uh, the Lakers also on that night put up an all-time playoff record for their team with 135 points. 
which in my opinion, that right there is absolutely ridiculous with the amount of talent that the Lakers have had over the years to for that to be a playoff record is absolutely insane. Especially with the Kobe and Jack days. That team was unstoppable. It was always them in the um looks like Damian Lillard's gonna be out for game five with an ankle sprain, so I'm pretty sure the series is gonna be over on Saturday. He left the bubble anyways to get surgery. So yeah. His playoff series, even if the advance is done, he had to take two weeks off. So Yeah, there's no way that the Trailblazers win this series, especially without Damian Lillard. They're already down 3-1. I think this ends this week. They need to give that man some help this offseason. Yeah, they do, for sure. And then we had Dylan's Rockets against the Thunder. The series is tied. And good news for you guys, you had Russell Westbrook making his return. Yeah, that shouldn't even be 2-2, but Chris Paul is having an amazing year. Comeback player of the year for sure. Um, crap. I forgot. I'm forgetting his name right off the top of my tongue, but he finally came alive this last game too. Paul George? Yes, Paul George. He finally came alive in this last game. He put up 35 points, I do believe. Um, then we had the Bucks versus the Magic. Bucks are up 3-1 in the series. Um, like I said last week, I'm surprised that the Magic even took the game off of them. Um, I'm pretty sure this is going to be done on Saturday as well. Yeah, I agree. So just off the teams that we know, I'm going to do a quick prediction. Honestly, I think in the Eastern Conference, my opinion next round, Miami is probably going to be Miami versus the Bucks. I'm sorry, Wade. But I don't think Miami stands a chance against the Bucks. I, I well, Cinderella team. Here's um, the thing: we did go two and one them in this season, so we've shown that we've matched up pretty good against the Bucks. Um, in both those games, I believe that the Bucks scored less than 100 points, so our defense kept offense back. Can I fill you in on a little secret, Wade? This is what? playoffs, dude. Completely different. They're gonna get washed three one. Boston a- 3-1. <laughs> oh, freaking out. <laughs> it takes four, buddy. Shit! 4-1! Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. That was a misspeak. Um, I know, honestly, though, for the rest of the deal, Boston, Toronto, I have to give it to Toronto. I think Toronto's going to end up being back in the conference finals again. I, I really do. Um, As far as Lakers, it looks like it's going to be... My opinion, I think it's actually going to be Lakers... OKC, I think the Thunder find a way to pull it off to go to the next round. Unfortunately for them, I think they get exited 4-1 against the Lakers, in my opinion. And then uh, as far as what I think is going to be the next round for the Western, I honestly think the Jazz are going to pull it off, the Clippers are going to pull it off, and I think the Clippers are going to beat them um, 4-2. Yeah, especially without KP, and Lucas kind of has a nagging injury. So, I mean, the series is all but over now. The Clippers are going to win that series. Yeah. Uh, then I, the Clippers, who would they face next round if they win? Uh, Clippers will face either Denver or Utah. I think it's going to be Utah. Yeah, um, for sure. I had the Clippers winning um, 4-2. Then 
the Lakers versus who? Lakers versus, in my opinion, it's going to be OKC. But it's either going to be OKC or the Houston Rockets. All right. It's going to be Houston. Houston's going to pull it off over the Thunder, especially Westbrook back. That's going to help put more off of James Harden's back. So I think they win that, and then they beat the Lakers in seven games. Yeah, you finished. My bad. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, If you got something to input in that game, go right ahead. I was just going to make my overall prediction. I got Rockets and Heat in the finals. I did before the bubble even started. I mean, the Heat are just – they're just a Cinderella team. And they were the only team to go 2-1 and against the Bucs. I think they can take the Bucs. And then it's either going to be Boston or Toronto. I just think they have the team to do it. They have heart. That means a lot, especially especially with no fans. That's to their advantage. Thanks to you there. I think it's also going to be the Rockets versus um, the Heat beat the Bucks also in games. I think that's going to be a hell of a series. It's a really good matchup, but Miami Heat pulls it off. All right, that looks like it's all for the NBA playoffs. So let's switch right over to the MLB, where we got the Yankees, who now currently have a record of six and twelve. I mean, sixteen and twelve. They're second in the AL East, behind the Rays by three games. And Aaron Judge just got activated on the IL for the ten-day IL with the right cast strain. Um, Tyler Winkleman, you got some stuff about the Yankees? Um, other than Subway Series weekend. And Judge is back on the injured list. Um, another big note is Garrett Cole. His win streak has got snapped at 20 from the in a 5-1 loss against Atlanta, and that's his first loss in a decision since May 22nd of last year. 28 starts a dude has not lost. Damn. And that, that injury list, though, is a problem. It's so big. Like, no, notable names are obviously Judge, Stanton, Torres, and Severino. How do you recover from all that? Judge cannot stay healthy, and that's pretty much your main power guy right there. I don't know. I hate the Yankees, but it's kind of hard not to feel bad at, for them at this point all the injuries that they had. As long as Boston's at the bottom. <laughs> That's always good news fans. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just going to throw in there too, they uh, they lost back to back, I'm pretty sure now, them losing to the first game to the Mets, even though they're currently up 3-1. They lost the first today. Lost the first game, now they're up 3-1 right now in the second. Oh, okay. Uh, speaking of the Mets... The 14 and 16 now, the third in the NL East, behind by four games. Don Smith has started to make really good ever since the game. Um, the 315 ban average with 23 hits on 73 attempts with six home runs. Um, and I know Brian wants to talk about it a little bit. DeGrom with another no decision. He pitched a beautiful game, seven innings strikeouts and still got no decision 
Yeah, let me just make something perfectly clear. If I was Jason DeGrom, I would be packing my bag and going to a fucking winning team. Because this is stupid. Our bullpen can't hold a single lead. He strikes out 14 in a 14 strikeout. Two hitter. Leaves with a 4-1 lead in the end of the 7th. By the end of the 8th, they give up a 4-1 to one lead. Are you freaking kidding me? Sounds like you're pitching. Dude, it does. <laughs> I swear to God, I could go on the mound and pitch better than this, these freaking bums. Uh, freaking ass, man. <laughs> Fuck. Like, just, he's the best pitcher that... And I'm sorry, he is probably the best pitcher in the last decade, of, including Cole. And Cole's done nothing short of amazing with 20 games in a row. But I'm sorry, DeGrom should have won minimum 25 games the last three seasons. And he's probably going to win a third NL Cy Young with a losing record again. Put him on a better team, it's totally a different story. Like, I agree. The guy needs support. He's probably one of the better pitchers in the whole NL and just has no support. He, That's that. Um, every pitcher we have, our offense seems to do good. But every single time the ground's pitching, he hit no run support whatsoever. But all I can say about that is the Mets yeah, and then when he does have run support, again, the bullpen can't save anything. What they need exactly. to do this offseason, instead of trading what they did two years ago and trading for Cano and, yes, Edwin Diaz, who is supposed to be this awesome closer, who can't figure his pitching mechanics out to not throw balls, you need to put some money in your damn bullpen, pay some big guys, and fix the issue while you have DeGrom in his heyday. Because he is, he is the best pitcher in the major league. And I uh, DeGrom, he deserves a lot better than what the Mets have been giving him. Like, this season, he has a 1.80 ERA, which is good enough to get him another side young if he keeps it up. I just feel bad for the kid now. Um, We got our Buffalo Blue Jays, who now have a record of 15-14, and 14, third in the AL, back by four and a half games. They traded for Taiwan Walker from the Mariners. He has two wins, two losses on the season with a 4.0 ERA. He has a career ERA of 3.95, so he's about the same as his career average. He spent time with both Mariners and Diamondbacks in his last eight years of his career. Um, hopefully this helps the Blue Jays a little bit, uh, try to get more wins in the long run because they is definitely not the best. Um, let's talk about some debuts. We got Tristan McKenzie from the Cleveland Indians. We actually have a listener, um, Cheryl, if you're listening. You gave us this idea, and I did some research on him, and this kid could pitch. He made his MLB de- debut on Sunday. He struck out 10, gave out two hits, one run, and has a one point. 50 ERA in a winning effort. Um, he spent the last four seasons in the Mario League and had a career ERA of 2.68. Um, I think the Cleveland Indians got themselves a hell of a pitcher coming up. See, I'm not uh, I'm not 100% after watching that game back. He had an amazing game. I just, I'm not sure if he's going to be that pitcher to constantly replicate it. To be 100% honest with you, he was spotty with location. 
he he did miss a lot of spots, but I mean, time's gonna tell. We've had we've had better prospects come out and fall flat on their face. So I, I think he's gonna be a hell of a guy. I just think it's gonna take time before he really reaches those consistent games. But hell of a debut. Like, but look at the national Strasburg, he was the same way. Everyone thought he was the phenom right off the bat. It took him a couple of years before he started becoming a beast. Oh, exactly, because he fought injuries. There's a lot of those kids that come up throwing 98, 99 nowadays who they just wears on their arm, wears on their um, flexor tendons. Next thing you know, they're on the IL for two years with Tommy John, and they come back throwing better. So, I mean, like I said, time will tell. I think he's definitely a hell of a prospect. I just I don't see him putting together consistent outing after outing after outing. Yeah, he's a young player. There's going to be some inconsistencies in this game, but I think um, after about a year – or two in the league, he's going to be one of the up-and-coming pitchers that we talked about for a couple of years. Another debut that I wanted to talk about is one that's actually close to home. Jonah Heim um, of the Athletics. He's an Amherst native. He made his MLB debut against the Texas Rangers. He went one for three with a single. He walked and scored a run. First player drafted out of Amherst since 1972, which was Detroit Tigers drafted Buffalo Hall. Duke McGuire. That's big for our region. You see players from around where we we live actually live out the dream and make it to the MLB. WGR five fifty has fantastic post up on their website. If you wanna read more about this kid, go to their website and look up the article. Once again, his name is Jonah Heim. It's definitely worth the um, finally, the 2020 season, we finally had a no-hitter. Lucas Gelato of Chicago White Sox. Me and Tyler were going over this. I'm not sure if I just switched his last name. You did. But that's Giolito. It's Giolito. Okay. Lucas Giolito, he threw the first no-hitter of the season. He struck out 13 batters, and he's the first White Sox pitcher to throw a no-hitter since 2012. We had a couple pitchers come close to throwing a no-hitter. Um, I think about a week ago, a Twins pitcher went into the ninth inning, and on the first batter, I think, he hit a single. Yep, Kiente, um Oh, shoot, what, how, how do you say his name? Kiente <laughs> Mejia, I believe it was, Mejia. They've been flirting with it for the season, but now it's finally good to finally see it. I think the biggest thing with this season is going to be weird because we have a 60-game season. So, yeah, I think that's literally a third of the games that are usually played. Um, And now they're having all these seven-inning doubleheaders. Just so everyone's aware, according to the official rules of the major leagues, if you throw a no-hitter in the seven-inning game, it does not qualify to be put down in the history book as a no-hitter. So we're going to have a lot less opportunities this year with teams missing games to see these no-hitters. So the fact that he threw one and had as dominating of an outing as he did, I mean, there was no solid balls hit against him until that final one that they caught in right field and that was a line drive screamer. And the only thing keeping that no-hitter from a perfect game was one walk to the guy he lined out as his last out. See, I had no idea. That's some good info. Um, let's talk about a future Hall of Famer who just broke another record, Albert Pujols of the Angels. He passed Alex Rodriguez to move to second all-time in the guy list. 
congratulations to him. And I'm glad to see his career just keep going after what he did with the St. Louis Cardinals. It's good to see him continue to play. Yeah, he is legitimately a machine. Actually, fun fact about this as well. Technically, it should be a third time on the all-time list, but because Babe Ruth was before they could officially keep stats, his name's not on there. Nice. Another thing I'd... All right, uh, move on from the MLB. We're going to go right over to the NFL, where first thing this week, we had some pretty big news with Earl Thomas being released by the Baltimore Ravens on Monday. Um, he was released after a fight at practice, and team leaders no longer wanted him. Um, still has yet to sign. Um, where do you guys think he's going to end up? Dallas. Dallas? I mean, they missed out on... Adams, so. According to Ian Rappaport, Dallas is no longer in the prediction um, to where he can land. Apparently, they looked into it and they decided to just keep with who they have. To be 100% honest with you, I'm not going to be surprised. This is our next topic. If the Browns become interested, because what happened to uh, Grant Delpit? That's a spot to look for. I think that could be a really good fit with their history of taking in players who have had off-the-field issues. And granted, his is a practice squad issue. But still, I feel like that might be a really good fit. Same uh, reasoning as you, Ryan. But I'm going to go with the Patriots just because you already know how they operate as well. The Patriots, um, with... They drafted their rookie safety in the second round out of Lafayette. Um, they also, I see that they moved their 2019 second round cornerback. Can't remember his name from the top of my head. Um, actually being moved from cornerback to safety to possibly replace Patrick Chung. Yep. Um, with me, I see him going to the Browns as well. Brian, for the same reason, because Grant Pitt being injured, um, he ruptured his Achilles and he's out for the rest of the season. Um, with me, I think it makes too much sense because the player that Earl Thomas is, the injury to Grant Delpit, and also because Cleveland put together a hell of a team last year. Um, Cleveland did not have the right coach. That was a bad pick on their behalf. They now have new coach on uh, the offense coordinator from the Minneapolis Vikings. Um, so the Vikings. Um, so I think the Browns make too much not to take. There were quite a bit of injuries this week. Um, another injury to another safety was Xavier McKinney, another rookie of Alabama. He got drafted by the Giants. Um, he broke his foot and he's out at least 10 weeks. Um, that's going to be a huge miss for the Giants. Um, one player who's going to fight through injury, though, is Tyrell Williams, the wide receiver for the Raiders. He tore a labrum in his shoulder, but as of right now, he plans to just play through the pain. Until he takes one big hit and tears it the rest of the way. I, I said it last, last week at the, end of the, at the end of the episode, this is going to be the most injury-riddled season we've probably ever seen in the NFL. For sure. Yeah, we, yeah, we talked about this last time, too. Shortened yeah. training camp. I mean, no preseason games. It's just going to happen, unfortunately. But on the other side of that, no preseason games could also lead to less injuries 
because there's a lot of injuries that happen throughout the preseason games. Oh, so without a doubt. Without we've, a doubt. Just, we've just never been through this before, so. Yep. But also without the preseason, um, there's no action besides the scrimmages, so you're not taking as many hits. Yeah. Not getting your body ready for the regular season to take those hits, so which is also going to yeah, this it's going to be, again, an unprecedented year. The crazy part about this, and they haven't released any information saying it could, but if teams and players like having the no preseason games and they do more contact in practice, there's a very good chance moving forward we can see an NFL season without preseason moving forward, and that I think would be crazy. Don't know if it will happen, but it could be insane. With me, that would kind of suck because of all the undrafted players and all the late round players. They don't get real, an actual chance to show what they can do out there on the field. So they don't have a realistic chance of making the team. I think they should limit it down to two preseason games, and that's it. Which is what they're doing next season. It would be down to two preseason games, 17 games. Um, let's get right into our Buffalo Bills. Um, they that there would be no fans for the first two home games. So the first game eligible for fans to be there is the Thursday night football game against the Kansas City Chiefs, which we have to do and we no longer do. That kind of sucks. Yep. Um, yep. You have something to add to that? No, I just saying that, you know, being – First time season ticket holder, and I can't even fucking go. It, it sucks. Oh, yeah. I forgot you got season tickets, man. But you can go to the other game, right? Tyler, yeah, it's only your fault, then. Nah. So oh, did Ray turn it back in? Another time. That, that's a discussion for not on the podcast. Oh, okay. Um. What- I want to talk about from Bill's training camp is the rookie fourth round pick out of UCF, Gabe Davis, who's been tearing it up in the live scrimmage. Um, Stefan Diggs was out, um, so he got the starting reps. He had five receptions for about 55 yards. Um, from what I've been seeing and listening to him in training camp, is he doesn't look like a rookie at all. And if he continues this, I could see a situation around either by the trade deadline or after the season where we trade either John Brown or Cole Beasley, if he shows that he could be the player that he's looking like right now. For sure. See, I don't know if they'll, I don't know if they'll trade him though. Um, it definitely would be a good move, but I think the way it'll end up panning out, I think realistically, if anything, he'll probably split reps with Beasley. I think if he's doing that well, because with having Beasley, it's just a, such a set of reliable hands. And McDermott and and Brandon Bean made it very, very, very clear this year. They want players and receivers who can catch the ball. So I think I think you might see a decrease in like Beasley's playing time. I, I don't think they'll trade him. I think if anything, they might keep him for depth. And then maybe at the end of the season either release him or trade him at that point. Yeah, but yeah. his contract isn't a depth guy though. Yeah. They're paying him money to start. And he's an actual trade asset where you can at least get a third, possibly on draft pick. Something that I think the Bills will look into, if not by the trade deadline. If Gabe Davis comes onto his own, then probably after the season's done. 
Um, another on the front for the Buffalo Bills, Tyler Bass has won the kicking job, and Stephen Hauschka has been released. Um, I love having Stephen Hauschka. He was a centerpiece for our special teams for the last three years. Um, after that dirty hit he took against the Jets, he kind of fell off. He hasn't been the same. Um, the best, and I hope he gets on a team and he just tears it up. You look at it too. You spend a six-round draft pick on a kicker; it's pretty much a guarantee that he's going to make the team anyway. If not, I'll lock it as a starter. Well, especially um, with the kind of power you're looking at, I say that's one thing. Hauschka struggled to hit anything over 50 yards, especially at the end of last season. He was having issues with anything outside of 50 yards. He costed you guys the game against the Browns. Yeah, and in all honesty, with the way this kid's leg is that we took in the sixth round. I'm not going to be surprised if we see 60, 61-yard field goals with ease. Yeah, I can see him taking some long field goals this season. Um, with how you're, you're right, he was struggling from the 50 yards plus. Um, I heard in training camp for about 50 yards, he was to come up short, which is a problem for your kickers. And also, the live scrimmage on Thursday, he didn't have actual any field goal attempts, but he did miss an extra point which I think just solidified him being cut. Um, now that we got done with the Buffalo Bills, let's go over to our predictions. We did do the AFC last week. This week we're going to do the NFC. Um, we're going to start off with the NFC East with Dylan Head. Um, how you got that panning out? I mean, it's the Cowboys' division to lose. They're in the similar situation as the Bills are. I mean, it's, it's theirs to lose. If they don't win a division and get a first-round bye, it's going to be pretty disappointing. But their offense and their defense, quite frankly, is pretty scary. I mean, I have them going 11-5, and five, which is extremely doable. They could definitely do better. Um, then I got the Eagles, who are going to struggle for a wild-card spot. NFC stacked, like always, but it's even worse this year. You know, you got Tom Brady in town. I got them possibly going 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, and seven. And then you got Washington, who, well, they're Washington. Got a lot to figure – they got a lot to figure out. They did stay in a lot of games last year, though. They didn't get blown out. They actually competed, even with their terrible head coaching situation. But I only have them going 5-11. and 11. And then you got the Giants. The Giants. The infamous yacht photo, and they haven't been the same since. But you got Danny Jones, who is now ripped out of his mind, looks like a linebacker. And, you know, you got Barkley, but he needs offensive line help. He needs some receiver help. And that defense is just god awful. I don't see him going any more than six and 10. I think Danny. Quarterback to actually look look out for in the NFC. I thought with his rookie season, he played pretty good. Um, yeah. He got annual dines for a reason. Yeah, I mean now he now he's just Jack too. I mean he's going to be more of a threat. You know, little, some little twig in there. Going back to our Bills, have you seen Josh Allen? Dude, Damn. he is huge. Yeah, he's big. I, I have to say one hundred percent, Dylan. I I agree with you on the Cowboys. The Cowboys with Mike McCarthy. They were already in the number one passing offense last year. And it only That's, got better. And it only got better. They're going to be solidified. 
everything else, I think you're off, man. I honestly think the Eagles have potential to win a wild card, but the thing is, the damn Washington football team, because they can't be called the Redskins anymore, the <laughs> Washington football team depends on who they have at quarterback. Because I'm telling you right now, if Alex Smith is able to play and he is able to stay healthy, I will tell you right now with him and Ron Rivera, that team is the second best team in that division with those with the head coach and Alex Smith at quarterback. Dwayne Haskins, I'm sorry, you're a joke. You're the you're Jamarco Russell without all the hype. Um, the Giants, I think, honestly, are actually a little bit up on the Eagles. I think they have a lot of weapons. They just have to put them together. I just think the Eagles, honestly, Doug Peterson did a really good job. Peterson did a really good job of winning the Super Bowl with Foles at quarterback. I don't think Carson Wentz ever comes back and is the player that he was before. I just don't see it. I mean, neither. He's injury too much. Unfortunately, he would have won MVP that year if he didn't get hurt. Yep. I think we can all agree on that. And the Eagles, um, their offensive line has been riddled with injuries this offseason as well. They just lost their second-year offensive tackle, Andre Dillard. He's out for the season. Um, their right Brooks, he's out. The offensive line is just going to be horrendous. Um, Carson is going to be under pressure all season. Um, I think there's a good chance that we're going to see Jalen Hurts play a little bit this season. Um with me, I think the team to watch out behind Dallas might actually be the Giants. I think with Daniel Jones and the talent that do have on offense, um, their defense is what's kind of scaring me off a little yeah. bit. But their offense, they if they can put it together, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with in the NFC East. But for sure, I had the Cowboys win that division. There's no reason why they shouldn't. The last couple of years, I think the reason why they've struggled is because of their head coach situation. They're a team that should have got Clowney, for sure. I mean, he could be the difference maker for that defense. At least get something formulated on defense. Because right now, they who can even name on their defense? I mean, Dallas. linebacker. No, Giants. Oh. Like linebacker-wise and defensive line-wise. Who's who's the playmaker? Exactly. Nope. Yeah. I mean, you have Leonard at defensive tackle, which he was on the Jets and didn't do much for the Jets. But now the Giants are talking him up like he's going to be great. So we'll see. But that defense is just too skeptical. Yeah, that front seven is weak. 100%. Um, moving on from the NFC East, we had the NFC North with Derek Head. Take it away. Derek, you're muted. <laughs> <laughs> We have some technical difficulties. That better? There we go. Oh. All right. So I've got the Packers winning the division. Um, obviously, as much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers, you just can't ever bet against him and the Packers. I've got them winning at 12-4. and four. Um, I've got the Lions taking second at 10-6. and six. I think Matt Patricia is finally getting the team built that he wants. Everyone knows that he's a defensive-minded coach. Learned behind Belichick, so I think they've got something going with their team. I've got the Vikings taking third at eight and eight, and the Bears going five and eleven. I don't see them doing good this year. 
Bears defense is going to be good, like it always is. Mac want all the time have on defense. Um, with I think Packers are overrated. Um, I think Aaron has fallen off. Um, not stopped to run to save their life in that playoff against the 49ers. They run defense is well, the pass defense, I give it to them, is pretty good. Um, I do have them finish second in that division. Um, the line, if not second, are right behind them. Um, offense, they're too talented, especially with the additions of DeAndre Swift. Mm-hmm. Best run backs come this year. Uh, they have Marvin Jones Jr., who's always putting up numbers. Then you had Galladay, who led in touchdowns last year, I believe so. I believe. 11. And then you have the Vikings, which I don't think that they have to defense. The offensive line sucks. And Kirk, Kirk Cousins. See, honestly, I think you all are going to laugh at me. My opinion, I think the Vikings win that, Vikings win that division. I mean, I agree. Even, even though they lost – Hunter on their defensive line. Their defense, look what they still did against the Saints, right? They, they have a good D. But the biggest thing, they, minus Kirk Cousins, if Kirk Cousins is on, there's no in-between. It's either he's really good or he's really bad. There's no in-between with Kirk Cousins. But what they do have, they have a game-changer in Dalvin Cook. And they have still really good wide receiver talent. So I think they win the division. Honestly, I think Lions come in second. Again, we'll wait kind of talk to their offense, they have a lot of good pieces. I think they put it together this year with Matt Patricia and Matt Stafford at quarterback. They're going to be second. My opinion, the biggest pretenders in the playoffs last year was the Vikings. The Vikings, yes, they put together a good season. They went to the NFC Championship game. But then you get to this year and you draft another quarterback. You give your all-star quarterback Packers. No yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I mean. Packers. I, I jumped the Packers. Sorry, the Packers are what I say. The Vikings. Yes. Yeah, the Packers were the biggest pretenders in the playoffs last year. They, I'm amazed they made it to the NFC Championship game. There again, they're giving him no help. They went out and drafted another quarterback. Matt Flores is just trying to pull his long out and smack everyone with it and say, "This is my team, not Aaron Rodgers' team." I like the Jordan <laughs> I'm sorry, Love pick. But it's not. The Jordan Love pick. Yeah, I like it. He has Rogers has one year left on his contract. No, he has three. At no, he has one after this one, isn't it? Just two years this season and next. They have him locked up until he's thirty six. He's thirty three. All right. Well, regardless, he's going to sit behind a Hall of Fame quarterback for a year, and then maybe maybe they even trade Rogers. I mean, teams need quarterbacks. Move them. You got Love, a young quarterback. I mean, Rogers is declining. We can all agree to that. Yeah, he's yeah. he's getting a taste of what happened with Brett Favre. Exactly. I mean, the Packers did it with Brett Favre when they drafted Rodgers, had him sit behind Favre for a while, and he became really good. I mean, but see, my opinion, and this is and this is me. I I don't mind them taking a quarterback. Love was the best available, hands down. The thing is, it all honesty. Yes, it's the same situation. When Brett Favre, they got Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre was still going to NFC Championship games, stuff like that. The difference is the Packers had weapons for Favre for the next two, three years. They have Devontae Adams, and everybody else is average. They were in the NFC Championship game last year. 
you have arguably one of the best quarterbacks that has played the game and over the last two decades. You're telling me you don't want to win a Super Bowl? You'd rather draft your future quarterback than win right now. My opinion, they're fucking up. Drafting Dylan was stupid in the second round. For sure. That was a wasted pick. Why we can you... argue about the quarterback all day, but yep. that was a wasted pick. Yep. Why would you draft a running back when you have a running back already that's averaging a thousand yards a season? Aaron Jones. Yep. Um, Jordan Love. I love him as a quarterback. He definitely needs to sit behind a quarterback that's able to continue to play for a couple of years, so that he could get a play for the timing of the game. Um, but with the Vikings, besides. Alan Thielen and Delvin Cook, who Delvin Cook is an absolute monster at running back. Uh, now that they don't have Stephon Diggs, who's their number two wide receiver? Justin Jeffries. Or Jefferson. He's a rookie. A while to adapt to the game. I will be honest, as much as I like C.D. Lamb, as much as I love Jerry Judy, Jefferson is probably going to be the best rookie out of this year's draft. At least first year. Depends on where he's playing. If he's playing a slot, yeah. If he's playing on the outside, I think it's going to take him a while to adjust. Yep. Um, now moving on for the NFC North, we got Ryan with the NFC South. Ooh, good luck. All right, so this one's tough. Um, I'm not going to be everyone's Tom Brady's on his, you know, it's just not. I think this is the Saints' division to win or lose. It really is. Yes, they've got knocked out in the first round, but when you have Drew Brees at quarterback, and again, Tom Brady is a Hall of Famer through and through. No doubt he's the greatest, one of the greatest to ever play the game. Um, my opinion, though, I think the Saints win the division. I think the Bucks follow up. I think the uh, – talking scores, I think it's going to be – it's going to be tough, honestly. I think it's going to be 10-6. and six, I think it's good enough to win this division this year. I really do. I think it's going to be 10-6 and six for the Saints. I think the Bucks are going to finish at 10 and 6 as well, but I do not believe they are going to win the head-to-heads against the Saints, so that's why the Saints win the division. Um, I think the Falcons come in at 9 and 7, and I think the Panthers, honestly, as good as they could be with Christian McCaffrey, I think they're still the low man on total pole. I don't think I don't think that Teddy Bridgewater going to them it's going to be the same thing as him stepping into the Saints offense. You have a genius in head coach Sean Payton. You have one of, arguably, and I say arguably because he's a little bitch, one of the best <laughs> receivers in the league as far as Michael Thomas. Um, And then uh, you go from that to, yes, you have Christian McCaffrey, who is awesome. He's the best running back in the league, without a doubt about it. But outside of that, there's not a the out there. I don't think DJ Moore is even that good. In my opinion, DJ Moore is overrated. He's one of those guys where you're either going to get really good results or he's going to not do anything for four games. He's think, he's that receiver. I think that uh, I think you're right. The Saints are going to take the division, but Tom Brady does face off against New Orleans game one, and I do think that he jams it down their throat opening game. Honestly, I can't say you're wrong on that because I don't have them losing the head-to-head by losses. I think they split it 1-1. But I think point differential, I think what's going to happen is I think in one of those two games, 
Drew Brees is going to take over and he's going to torch the Bucks defense. And I think that's yeah. what's going to end up losing them the losing them the. You, uh, you know as well as I do, Brady always plays with a chip on his shoulder, and this year that chip is even bigger. And you know he doesn't chase records, but I think this year he is because he knows that he can surpass Manning and Breeze to take the number one overall touchdown and yard. So I think he's going to have a big year. Honestly, if he if he doesn't, I think they will too. But I just if he doesn't, it's going to be a shame because this is the most talented team he's probably ever had, and that's including that yeah. 2007 um, well, Patriots. They weren't overly talented off the charts as far as – Skill. They have a lot of good pieces. 2010, 2011, when he had Gronkowski and Hernandez, that was the greatest tight end duo I have ever seen. Now he's got Gronkowski, Howard, and Cameron Brait on top of Godwin and Evans. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Don't that sleep all. on Atlanta's offense, though, man. They're all number one pick, all first round picks. <laughs> um, that's it. Really, to stay healthy with that bum ass knee. Um, you also got Lacron Treadwell, who's an absolute bust, but for some reason, Madden tears it up. I have no clue why. Um, <laughs> I think we could all see that the Panthers are going to come vision. They're rebuilding, they tore everything out. They come in last. Christian McCaffrey is going to be an MVP candidate at the end of the season because he's going to be the entire offense for that Panthers. I think the telling tale sign that they're rebuilding the Panthers is they had to fire arguably still one of the best head coaches in the NFL so they could bomb a few seasons and build what they want to. The well, GM there in I'm sorry, but the GM there in North Carolina, you're a bum. A fucking bum. That's the one bum. thing that really pissed me off with the firing Ron Carr in the middle of the season last year. They're to finish out the season, and then, okay, once he finishes out the season, let him go, that's fine. But you did not fire a head coach that's done so much for your organization in the middle of the season. Yep. But no, um, no at the top, it's going to be Saints for Bucks. Um, I had the Saints going 11-5 and five, and the Bucks 9-7. and seven. And I had the Falcons coming up at 8-8. Eight and eight. Ooh, that's rough. That's rough. Dante Fowler, man. Our defense is getting better. Defense is getting better. Um, Does Atlanta still have that tall-ass tight end, Tololo? No. We got Hayden Hurst now. Who has been hit and miss in Baltimore ever since he got drafted, but they also drafted Mark Andrews in Baltimore, who has been tearing it up every game of the league. So he no, he's have... a real quarterback, though, and not a running back. Sorry, Ryan Johnson, if you're listening, but I don't like Lamar Jackson. Um, I think he has to grow more as a passer. I think last year he showed that he could throw the ball downfield, but in the intermediate routes, he still struggled. His the reason why he was able to throw for so many touchdowns was his running ability to create plays and throw it to a wide open receiver. When it came to throwing in tight throws, he was able to do, to do it occasionally, but couldn't do it on a consistent basis. Well, that's the biggest part, I think, is everyone was so worried about having to take an extra person out of the box to guard just him, which nine times out of ten they still whiffed when he ran the ball. It took someone out of the coverage who would have been able to match up better on those tight ends. Those tight ends, 
are not as good as they came off on paper last year. They're good. But I think that whole offense just ends up being a lot worse this year. Well, Tennessee exploited them. I mean, everyone is watching the Tennessee playoff game and taking notes on how to play Lamar Jackson. Tennessee actually said that they took notes from the way that the Bills played the Baltimore Ravens in the season and how we were able to keep Lamar Jackson in check for most of that game. So what they did in the postseason, even though that Lamar Jackson and the offense still put over 400 yards in that game, they were able to get takeaways, which I said last week, Lamar Jackson has to work on and get better at, or else this team's not going to go anywhere past the first round. I, I think we can collectively agree that this year is going to be hashtag Baltimore sucks. So I think we should move on to the <laughs> NFC West with Tyler. Damn, that was a bonus. Damn, bonus. Yeah, let's go to the NFC West. They're not going to suck. I'll, I'll give you that. They're not going to suck. What if they go 15-1? and one? <laughs> Hashtag Bonus sucks at predictions and fantasy draft. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Taking George Kittle in the first round. <laughs> All right, Tyler. Take it away. <laughs> West. This was a pain in the ass to kind of predict and throw my input on because this is a competitive, competitive division. But I could I went back and forth on this. I got San Francisco winning the division again. I got them going twelve and four. They're they still gotta be one of the favorites. They were the NFC representative in the Super Bowl last year. Which thanks for giving me both Super Bowl teams last year. Thanks. No problem. <laughs> and I got Seattle going just behind them at eleven and five. The, it's yeah, they've had a lot of people depart, but they've also signed a lot of people, too. Like, they have, I think, finally a reliable tight end in Greg Olson. Uh, um, wow, I'm drawing a blank for the quarterback. Wilson, thank you. Um, <laughs> he's still going to, you know, improvise and make plays and stuff. You know, it's wide open. It, it could go either way for those teams. It could be either San Fran winning it all or it could be Seattle. Um, I I got Arizona taking a step forward this year. I got them going I got them, go, got them going 6-12. and 12. Small step forward from last year. Just because it's still Arizona, they're still rebuilding around Kyler Murray. Yeah, they went out and got Hopkins. That's one player. Yes, Larry Legend is back for another season. And L.A. just going downhill. I got him going 5-10. and 10. Damn. <laughs> You look at all the people that have gone, there's literally no nobody left. You got Cook's gone, Gurley gone, Fowler, Weddle, Roby Coleman, Zerline, and Matthews. All gone. What's left? I agree. I agree. Cool. One of the most underrated players in the whole NFL. And you got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron <laughs> Dodd. I've never been a fan of Ramsey. I have never been a fan of him. I definitely think he's overrated. I still think he's one of the top cornerbacks in the league. He's a trash talker for sure. sure. We saw it with the whole Josh Allen thing. Um, But 
one of the best cornerbacks. Um, with that division, um, I had the Seahawks coming out on top, going 11 to 5. Uh, mostly because of the 49ers. I don't know what they're going to do with that wide receiver situation with all these injuries that they have in there. Um, the only really, well, you got Debo Samuel, but um, he's had injury history as well. Um, and then you got Kittle, who is probably going to be your focal point on that offense. Um, I had them in six, so just right behind the Seahawks. And then I had the Cardinals going seven and nine. And I had the Rams going six and ten. Cardinals are my sleeper team for sure. I think if there's any team that's going to be a yeah sleeper team or one to surprise us, it's going to be the Cardinals. I don't see them winning, but I definitely see them a ten-win team. So let me sprinkle a little knowledge on y'all. All right. Nope. Oh God. This, oh God. This is the Seahawks' division to win. Well, yeah. They are the most complete team. They've done That's nothing not but knowledge. get better. No, no. Hear, hear me out. Forty Niners are next. Seven and nine, Wade. Are you <laughs> fucking me? Like they are going to be what Derek said. They are going to be a playoff team. They are going to knock somebody off. I, whether it be honestly, like you said, with their, them struggling at wide receiver. Arguably, they have one of the best defenses in the NFC, the 49ers. I could see this Cardinal team with the offense, with how they started putting it together last year. Now you add Hopkins to that. The Cardinals have a very good chance to knock off the 49ers. I think 49ers mm-hmm. go from Super Bowl to third best in division. Yeah, the uh, the 49ers, when they're a full team, I mean, they are one of the – you know they're a top five team when they're all together, but yeah, they're they're riddled with injuries right now. I agree, Bonus. I think uh, the Cardinals can definitely take out the 49ers, and I think Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald are going to have a ball playing together. I'm going to so, come up and say it. Um, and Kyler Murray, the, another year to go. I think um, what he last year was okay. Um, I thought Gardner Minshew actually deserved the rookie year over Kyler Murray. Yeah, that's just saying. Um, I do agree that they have one of the best wide receiver um, trio with Christian Kirk as well. Um, Larry Fitzgerald is one of my favorite wide receivers of all time. Anyone who knows me knows I love Fitz. Um, but he is getting towards the end of his career. Um, I just don't think he's there production-wise. Um, the defense, Patrick Peterson, when he played last year, he did struggle. Um, that's my main issue with the Cardinals is both the offensive line and their defense. Um, they did just sign Blue Baker to an extension, uh, which I think was definitely an overpay in my eyesight. Um, he still has no interceptions in his career, which another thing, Jamal Adams is overrated too. Fuck him. I'm glad he's out of our division, and I think he's going to suck for the Seahawks. You know, I completely agree. I think leaving that at that, guys, um, just so you guys know, for viewers on Facebook, um, we are doing a little bit extra where this is probably going to be the end of our conversation here on Facebook. But if you guys want to hear, we're going to go on for about another half hour. If you guys want to catch what we go over next, head over to Spotify. Make sure you guys follow us there so you guys can get that extra bonus content. And 
I think. What do you guys think? Think it's a good spot to end it for the video? Yeah, I think it's good. Yeah. So, all right, guys. So, if you guys are new, make sure you guys like the Facebook page you haven't. Share with all your friends. And I'm Allie A, and we're out. Uh, also, one more thing to add. If you have any topic that you want us to cover, like a player or something going on in any of the four major sports that we follow, please leave it down in the comments, and we'll try to get to it if we can. All right, for this section, section uh, NFL topic, we're going to go over overrated and underrated team. I want to start this off first. Um, with me, my underrated team is the Denver Broncos. Uh, they had the rush duo of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. They drafted Jerry Judy to go along with Sutton. That offense with Noah Fang, Sutton, Jerry Judy, I think they're going to be a top 10 offense. Um uh, at, also at running back, like we talked about last week, you have Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, and Royce Freeman, which is a three-headed monster, which I will help, especially a young quarterback. Like if you get the running game going, and then Drew Locke, he went four and one in his five games last year. Um, he had a thousand twenty yards passing, a sixty-four point one completion percentage. He threw seven touchdowns and three interceptions. Um, I think he's going to be probably the mid-tier range, probably around 15th, 16th in and passing this year, which is going to be enough with that defense. Um, my question mark with that defense is cornerback because of the departure of Chris Harris Jr. Um, that defense at cornerback might be a little bit weak, but you got one of the best safeties in the league and Justin Simmons. Um, and the only other issue I have is the offensive line. Jawan James opted out, which was their starting offensive tackle, which is going to hurt the Broncos a little bit. But I can see this team challenging for a while. Um, my overrated team, we talked about earlier, the Green Bay Packers. I think that they were the worst team in the playoffs last year, even with a 13-3 record. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers is declining. He absolutely got no help in the draft whatsoever. You got Devontae Adams. That's about it. And Aaron Jones. You drafted a running back in the second round who probably would have been there in the fourth or fifth round. I thought that was a hell of a reach. And the Jordan Love situation, Dylan brought it up earlier. What he said made sense because it's the same thing that Aaron Rodgers with the Brett Favre situation but I think Aaron Rodgers has at least four more years of good quarterback, good enough quarterback play if the defense could stop the run to get them to another championship. But uh, when you need more help on offense, I think reaching for a quarterback wasn't the play. You're trying to challenge for a championship now, not later. That's just what I think. Yeah, I can agree with that second part as well, especially with Aaron Rodgers. My yeah. honest opinion, and you can mark my words right now if we're wrong in a year's time on this, fine. I'm calling it right now. One of two things is going to happen. Either Rodgers is going to retire because they're going to start Jordan Love. You don't draft someone in the first round. He's going to sit this year. Now, next year, Jordan Love will be starting for the Green Bay Packers. My opinion, though, they trade him. They're going to trade him out of division. And I think 
a very strong possibility he could be a quarterback for the Philadelphia Phillies next year. I think Ryan. with them having Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> this is an MLB. Oh my God. Frick, He's the Eagles. Damn it. Damn it. Spotify. Well, this is why you listen on Spotify, guys, so you can hear me fuck up even worse than when I'm on the video. We all know he's going to Vegas. No, he. Well, maybe. Okay, I can't argue with that one. <laughs> There's a good chance. My my whole run, my whole run is over, guys. Just take it. Cut the mic. Dirty and send it to the Jets. <laughs> it worked out good for Favre. <laughs> well, before he got injured, they the Jets were actually on a good run. There were six and Ryan, going back to your uh, Aaron Rodgers there, remember, he's injury-prone with his collarbone. So, I mean, remember the whole Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady thing? If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and Love comes in and plays remarkable, who's to say they don't keep him in? It's it's my firm belief on that, uh, 100%, that if Aaron Rodgers at this point loses a starting job, whether it be injury, anything, he doesn't start another game for the Green Bay Packers. I, I 100% agree with you. Because it's just, he is too good. Yes, Aaron Rodgers may be declining, but is he declining because he's not as good of a quarterback or is he declining because they don't have the weapons? It it could be like, look, even Peyton Manning, though. Peyton Manning in his last year, he wasn't doing the greatest. He was doing good, but not the greatest before his neck injury. Hits his neck injury, goes to another team, and puts up record numbers. Aaron Rodgers has a very good possibility of doing that same thing. Do you think they would ever use him as trade bait? Oh yes, hell yes. Uh, there, there is a there is a scenario this year. Aaron Aaron Rodgers gets traded. Well, I think that's the whole plan. with love was moving on from Rodgers. I mean, I think him and that franchise have had some disagreements lately, and you know, I think he just needs to change face. I think that's lately. I think they've had more than just a disagreement. Yeah, I mean, it's been ongoing for a few years, I believe. I yeah, mean, he's look, been asking for help, and they haven't been giving it to him. Wasn't, wasn't he connected to the Patriots this offseason, too? At one point, I, yes. But though, yes. I think with them picking up Cam Newton, I think that goes out the window, to be honest with you. We all know they're having Trevor Lawrence next year anyways. Exactly. I think they're going to get – they're either going to do one or two things. I don't – here's the thing. I don't think the Patriots bomb. I don't think they bomb and get Lawrence. I don't, I don't either. I, I think they either. do decent, but I think Belichick makes the trade and does yep. get Lawrence. I think oh, they he end wants up Lawrence. with Lawrence in the draft, <clears throat> regardless. But um, as far as this season, I honestly think that if Cam Newton comes out and balls out, that whole Aaron Rodgers thing will never come to fruition in New England. Never. Um, the thing with the thing with that, if you're going to talk about an underrated team, I hate to say it, I think it's going to be the Patriots because everyone's counting them out. And this is like turpentine on my tongue, so understand that I'm freaking dying miserably right now. Um, but if you get, again, Cam Newton plays well, and you have Bill Belichick and Josh Daniels, who have a history of playing really well to quarterback strengths, which is why they always do good with or without Tom Brady, we're going to see some things, and we're going to see some Cam Newton things that we've never seen before. And it's going to be one interesting season. Diving for a loose ball in a Super Bowl to win the game? I, I don't think I think they make I think they make playoffs. I really do. I think the Patriots make playoffs. I don't think they win the division. Here's the thing. I love Cam Newton, but like I said before, uh, with his injury history as of like, even before his injury last year, he was struggling. Um, that shoulder is a big issue. 
Um, I don't think Cam Newton's nearly going to be as ex- as effective as he used to be. Um, with me, I have them at least finishing probably pick number 15. Um, and they actually might get the steal of the draft with North Dakota State quarterback Trey Lance. That's me with the Patriots. And I that's say I disagree with that. Mm, I guess we'll go in. I guess I'll bring up my <clears throat> underrated team. I uh, already told you. Arizona Cardinals. They're my underrated team. I, th- I think they pull off 10 wins this year. So I got to ask, <clears throat> of any divisions, do you guys see three teams making it to the playoffs? I, I think the NFC South. I think so, too. NFC South. Or, I know. feel like an argument can be yeah. could be made for the West. Uh, exactly. I think it's going to be a fight for both of those divisions with three teams making it. I mean, I don't. They're both extremely good divisions. The AFC South are two divisions to look out for. Three teams. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I can agree with that because at the end of the day, like again, I think the Falcons sneak into the playoffs. <sighs> to be honest with you, and. This is gonna probably you guys are gonna all fight with me. I and I, I hope so. It's entertaining entertaining content. <laughs> um I think my overrated team is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What? Here here's the reason why. Here's the reason why. Look what Cleveland did. Now granted, they have a better head coach. It's a better situation with Tom Brady at quarterback. Yeah, but but hear me out though. But hear me out though. You get all this talent at one spot. It becomes now. Don't get me wrong. Tom Brady has always passed the wealth around, but you're telling me that you're not going to have any turmoil between Evans and Gronkowski and um. Oh, why do I always forget his freaking name? Godwin, and then you have OJ Howard in the mix. You have the good running backs are getting now with even Lashawn McCoy, who's going to be deadly in the pass game. I think they play what way well, way better than the freaking Browns did. They're making playoffs. They're going to fight for a top in the division, but they're not going to put up the numbers everyone thinks they are. I'm sorry, they're not. I disagree only because Brady, the way he can keep the team's composure together, that's what sets him apart from anyone else. You get, I think the only player on that offense that might have a problem with uh, low looks would be Howard. I don't think Gronkowski would get upset with, you know, 50 receptions. I think he's getting traded anyways. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I don't think Gronkowski is the issue. I think Mike Evans is going to want the ball more. And don't worry, he's a good teammate. He's a great NFL player. He's never been an issue maker. But I hate to say it because I think the Patriots' defense last year was better than the Buccaneers. Right? And Oh, by far. No, oh, by, yeah, far. by far. But here's the thing. Their offense is also way better. But the issue I think you're going to run into is I don't think that they're going to consistently – put up enough points to beat the like some of the better teams like the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson puts his stamp on that freaking defense early and Tom Brady's going to have one hell of a hole digging out of it like he tried to dig out of the hole against the Tennessee Titans last year. I just I think it's going to end up being a fail not a failure season but a letdown season this year with possible Super Bowl apparitions next year. Agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I, Fight I with me, damn it! <laughs> I, I don't want to cut you guys off, 
Um, but Dylan, I just want to get your inputs real quick before you have to go. Well, I do see this division being three teams making it. I think Atlanta's going to be a pretty slept-on team in that division because of the Saints and the Buccaneers. And the same with the Cardinals. I mean, I see them making playoffs over the 49ers. I mean, Jimmy G is – he's Jimmy G. He's not going to – he's not flashy. And with having a depleted wide receiver core already, I just don't see their offense getting it done. I can see that. That's all for me, folks. I am going to log out. All right. It was nice to have you back on the show, man. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs> yeah, you're damn right. All right, Tyler. Who you got? I, I'll, I'll be honest. I was not prepared for this. Um, <laughs> I guess an underrated team, I, I guess I would, I would have to go with you know, this is going to probably start an argument here, which would be great content, but I'm going to say underrated would be Buffalo. You know, Josh Allen in, in year three, four, three, with the talent he's got around him now, plus that our defensive backfield is so slept on, and it makes him that much better. Like, you got Poyer, Hyde, and white. That's a pretty good monster in the backfield. Did you no. say they were your underrated teams? Yeah. Because oh, I was about I was getting up in arms. I think you said overrated. No. No. Bill, no. 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 The, Bills, no. the Bills could seriously win the Super Bowl and still be the underrated team. <laughs> I'm just, you're not wrong. <laughs> like uh, one thing I'm excited to see is opposite Trey White, if Josh Norman could get back to his normal self before he went to Washington. That's going to be dangerous. Oh, yeah. That would be one of the best cornerback safety duos in the entire league. And then at linebacker, you had Tremaine Edmonds, who made the Pro Bowl last year, who is a freakish athlete. Absolutely love the guy. And then you had Matt Milano, who hopefully we re-sign here really soon who's really good in pass protection, and he's good at rushing the quarterback. Um, the issue you might find is pass rush on, on the ends. Um, Jerry Hughes has had injury problems. and um, But with the addition of Mario Addison, who had 10-plus X last season, and Jerry Hughes looks like he's finally fresh again, I'm hoping this offense could be – the sack machine that they were back in like 2012, 2013, getting 50 to 55 sacks this season. Oh, for sure. For sure. Can I bring up a little change of topic, Wade? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what are you guys' opinions on that huge tackle, Mecky uh, Becton, on the Jets? Oh, he, <laughs> um, he's a freak athlete. He's a Beast, I heard that he's just been pancaking the shit out of players at Jets training camp. Yeah, he's he's, he's, he's the only thing that have line. Yeah, six foot seven, three hundred and sixty-four pounds, and I guess he's a top fifteen forty-yard dash time in the NFL in the NFL for offensive linemen, and he was a top ten in bench press. I mean, 
we've never seen anyone like this before. No, he like I said, he's a freak athlete. Um, the only thing that sucks for him is he's the only player on the offensive line who's worth it, a damn. Yeah. The offensive line for the Jets is trash. And let's talk about the Jets a little bit. Um, training camp, they were playing a scrimmage against their backups and lost 27 nothing. Regular that, season form. Yeah. <laughs> it's something you love to see as a Bills fan. I feel bad if you're a Jets fan, but that organization is just a joke, just like it was a couple years ago with the Rex Ryan. So I think we're oh. going to find out real quick how that tackle is week two. You know who comes to town week two for the Jets, right? The no, San I... Francisco 49ers and Nick Bosa. Who keep in I, mind... I think he can handle Bosa. Oh, no, 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 no. This will – no, 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 no. You this, are it'll be an me. awesome matchup to watch. He's going one-on-one with Trent Williams, which is, in my opinion, the best tackle in the NFL every single day of practice. He's going to eat this rookie a freaking live. But if he doesn't, but if he doesn't, we will get the answer to your question on what he will become in the NFL. He just he has the pure size to dominate anybody. I know strength and form play a big role, but when you're that big and that fast, it's hard to get by you. Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. I do. I just think Nick Bosa is, in all honesty, a generational talent. We thought Joey Bosa was good. Nick Bosa, everyone forgets he was a rookie last year. Mm-hmm. Joey, better. Yeah, he's only going to get better. And he was already ridiculous last year. So now you add a, again, arguably the best tackle in the NFL, one-on-one with him every day in practice. Holy shit. We are probably looking at one of the best pass rushing talents since Bruce Smith with Buffalo. Now, if only you could get both Bosa's on the same team. Oh my God, that'd be a dream come true. Hey, we've oh, seen yeah, we've so. seen brothers line up before. Look at McCordy's. I think it would be a feel good story too if someday we got to watch Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa, as well as T.J. Watt and J.J. Watt. I was I was just passers. gonna say that. I was just gonna say that. That would be a treat for all NFL fans. I don't care who you yeah. are. You are enjoy seeing that. I would love to see the Bosas play together, though. Yeah. Same. Um, Tyler. Have an overrated team? Not really. No, I just no. I just literally went with Buffalo for an underrated team to spitball, and I I have I have nothing for overrated that hasn't already been said. So Baltimore Ravens. I could I could get on that boat. Hashtag Baltimore six. I I think I think they're a ten win team, maybe a nine this year. I don't think that they chance for a Super Bowl. No, nope. no. I think they have a, now more people have tape on Jackson, and it's not going to be as flashy and as dynamic as it was last year. I honestly think he gets an ankle injury this year. But they have RG three, man. <laughs> honestly, I still think RG three could play. I think the biggest thing with him, he showed it when he came in, and when he comes in, he throws good passes. But I think the thing is, is He's far from that player we used to watch who was run first. Keep in mind, RG3 was Lamar Jackson in, when they were drafted. Different time, different result, but they were the same player. They were that run first, put your body on the line, 
And that's what cost RG3 his, his career for the most part. Well, RG3 is one of the reasons why that team was so dynamic last year, too. I mean, if you look at that, I think it was a Sunday night game when they blew out the Patriots. I mean, the Patriots just didn't know what to do. They were running Wildcat with RG3, and then their normal formation with Lamar, RG3 was a running back. He was receiver. He was quarterback. I mean, they were just doing multiple, multiple different things, and that's hard to stop, even for Bilicek. The biggest difference between Lamar Jackson and RG3 coming out of college was RG3 were more developed as a passer than um, Jackson was coming out of Louisville. Yep. Well, I think that's the big thing is the Tennessee Titans spelt the recipe. They can't, They cooked the recipe up for Lamar Jackson. They really did. And, yes, they took a lot of what Buffalo did, and that helped. But I will be honest, I – You'll see Lamar do his plays because he's probably the most one of the most dynamic runners in the NFL as a quarterback. Um, but I don't think we see as many, and I don't think his passing game. I don't think he breaks thirty touchdowns again. And keep in mind that's a low year in the NFL when you lead the league with t- passing touchdowns at thirty six. Um, how much how much time we got? You think? Um, I'm not sure why. Uh, well question for you guys can i do another question yeah yeah if you guys could pick one player that could still come back and play football who would it be mine i'm gonna say kurt warner with me i'm gonna say t.o i love the drama that he brought to the game i absolutely love t.o popcorn man popcorn (laughs) get your popcorn ready boys I got to go, go with Bruce. You, you cannot deny the impact Bruce Smith had on the game. All-time leader in sacks right there. You know, I feel like he could still play at a high level, too. Against some of these offensive lines, it's like, it'd be nothing. He's still yeah. training people, too, like Miles Garrett of the Browns. He trains Miles Garrett. You what do you want, think, Bonus? You want to know what I, who I really want to see back in the league? Who I think could Favre. still play? Brett Favre. No. <laughs> two, this is actually a two-headed monster. I'd like to see Terrell Owens come back. At that 40. What is he, 44 now? 54, something like that? I don't even know what the hell he is. Like 45, 46. 45? He ran a 4-4. Yeah, he said he ran faster now than he did when he was a rookie. Yeah, he yep. could he could still come back and literally torch some of these DBs in the league because they're freaking bums. Well, but two, no, that's like he, he's right. ripped. Oh yeah, he's he looks as like he never quit playing football. Yeah, the workout in his driveway will forever be sketched into my mind. <laughs> Without a doubt, and then it's kind of hard not to root for Ocho Cinco, but we bring him yeah. back as a kicker. I've watched this fool hit sixty-six yard field goals. Bring him back as a kicker. Let him dance around the field for a one-game spectacle. Sell all your tickets out. Have fun with it. Really? I want him on a soccer team. Hey, do you guys think Brian Urlacher could still play? No. Oh, yeah. No. He can I, I don't see him having the legs anymore. He had, towards the end of his career, he was so mobily challenged. He It was tough. Like, he, come, come on. 
First of all, how he made it as good as he did when Tom Brady juked him out on national TV. All right? well, the thing, the thing about Erlacher was he was straight up to the books a linebacker, not a coverage yeah. backer. He was a linebacker. He was a run stuffer. Yep. Here's one thing I would say to me: I actually like Lance Briggs better. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, I can see that. Honestly, yeah. as long as the way I see it, let Jason Witten play football for as long as he wants because I don't want to ever hear his ass in a broadcast booth again. <laughs> hey, I second that motion. Tequila Spikes was a good backer, too. Oh, he oh was. yeah. Oh, Fletcher when it came to run stuff and um, in past the- we yeah. could we could get on the topic of linebackers. There's so many good linebackers, and even Paul Puzzlesny ended up being crazy good. Yeah, I think we could have a whole other episode just on NFL linebackers. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, my God. Um, let's move on from that then and go into position battles that we're looking out for in the NFL. With me, of course, it's the Bears. I love the quarterback competition between Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Mitch Trubisky. I think his time's up as the starting quarterback for the Bears. The Bears are in the win now. You don't trade for a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Just send him on the bench. Um, they traded a fourth-round pick for him, so you gave a draft capital. You're going to start that quarterback as your, as your starting quarterback. And he's still old three years at 21 mil. He did not take on that contract just for him to sit on the bench. Yeah, yeah. I have to agree with that. I think at the end of the day, Nick Foles is going to start. I think Mitchell Trubisky, even though he's shown pretty decent promise, they've said so far. Um, I think realistically, from talking to the interviews of his teammates, I think Nick Foles is a guy. And if he can stay healthy, I think he'll do with the Bears what I don't even think he would have done with the Jaguars. I think they're just way better off as far as positions with the Bears. See, um, from what I've seen out of training camp, um, saying that Nick Foles is the leader in the quarterback competition is an understatement. So what I hear from there is Mr. Trubisky's not looking good. He um, looks good his second season. He fell off again last year, and I think his time as a starting quarterback is done. Well, and even with that team, yeah, I think of this one thing we didn't cover with the injuries. Uh, David Montgomery, he's now it's only a couple weeks, I think. But yeah, it's going strain. He's out to be, too. Yeah, to be carted off the field, like that's scary. Um, later on, it was reported that from the head coach that he actually did walk off under his own power with trainers. It just looks scary because it is not contact injury. Got you. Okay, so they're in a better situation in that aspect than they could have been. Yeah, I, th- I think for me. Uh, it's not really much a quarterback battle, but Cam Newton and Jarrett Stidham. Uh, I think Jarrett Stidham, he kind of – I think he scared himself last year. because I think it was the second pass in the NFL regular season. He threw a pick six, and he never played again. Yeah. So, I think Cam Newton's obviously got that locked up. But, I mean, going back to Stidham, I mean, he was considered one of the most underrated college quarterbacks in his draft class. He had potential. I just think you know how them quarterbacks get when you, you throw them out there and they mess up and then they never play that rest of that season. Their career is over right there, and I think that's what happened to Stidham. 
Oh, without a doubt. I think we're going to... You talk about the injury thing playing out with Bledsoe and Brady. We all know when Belichick is very high on a quarterback that there's reasons for it. And I think if Cam Newton goes down, I think Jared Stidman... Uh, Stidman I can't even say his name. Jared, yeah, comes in and sit him. There you go. Um, And does amazing. I think he's going to come in. I think he's going to come in and play. I think he's going to ball out. It just, it's going to be interesting. I just have enough offense for him to be good. No, Nikhil Harry was a bust last year, and I don't see him having much of a better season this year, honestly. Um,. I, was gonna say, I think one position battle that's going to be very is underrated that people aren't talking about, and I don't understand why, is you go back to that um, Denver Broncos at running back. Are you kidding me? Melvin Gordon? First of all, John Elway, as much as I like what they're doing over there, to go out and get Melvin Gordon and pay him the money they did, when you've already got an undrafted rookie – Who's had over a thousand yards his first what two or three seasons? Every his first two. two seasons. Two. Why would you not pay? Why would you not pay him? He's proven to be a workhorse. He goes out there. He carries the ball. He breaks big gains. He does everything you need. Yes, granted, you could. You need. You want someone for the red zone, but you could put Royce Freeman out there with Royce Freeman to him. That's a hell of a one-two punch with power. So to add Melvin Gordon, who may or may not stay healthy, all depends on what goes on. He says he's 100% healthy. But let's see, we see what happens week three if he's given more effort than he did last season. His last season, he was out of out of shape because of his holdout. But he was not the Melvin Gordon that they drafted. Uh, we haven't talked much about the Raiders. But, I mean, didn't they had the best draft last year, didn't they? They had, like, five uh, leading players from their draft class. I know Max Crosby, I believe he was a third pick, uh, and third-round pick. Um, I know he had a healthy season. Um, I'm not sure how the other ones panned out. I think Pharrell Williams was their first-round draft pick. Mm -hmm. I think he did fairly decent, but Max Crosby in the third round was more productive. Um, But I think you're right on the rookie front. I think they played the most snaps out of all rookies in the NFL. And I think that they have a good young group there. I just think that they have to figure out the quarterback position. Yeah, this rebuilding process for them, they did a really good draft last year, but they've been quiet this year. Yeah. Um, Tyler, do you have a position battle you're looking out for? Honestly, we kind of you kind of mentioned it earlier when I did my underrated team is. Josh Norman and Levi Wallace for that other cornerback slot for the Bills. Like you said earlier, you know, maybe we'll get the Josh Norman that we saw in Carolina, you know, at the beginning of his, you know, career. And Levi Wallace is not a slouch. He really is not. He played very good last year. Being on the other team's number two receiver because, you know, Trey White's on number one pretty much all the time. With Levi Wallace, I just want to see more interceptions. He doesn't really get the interceptions. I think he has one interception over the two years he's been in the league, and that was against Duck Hodgins of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and everyone was just taking turns picking him off. Yeah. 
Wade, if uh, if Josh Norman gets back to Josh Norman, do you think Trey White still gets wide receiver one? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, he's still going to be the team's number one shutdown corner. Josh Norman, if he could cover the two all day long, um, there's no reason why we should not get the pass rush, especially we're going to be getting a lot of coverage sacks if Josh Norman plays like he used to. Yeah, that's that's going to be a huge part of it. No, honestly, you were talking about Tredavious White, who realistically had better numbers than Stephon Gilmore, who won defensive MVP. Um, I think no matter what you do, he's your number one. If Josh Norman comes out and balls, I tell you what, Buffalo's defense just became that much better. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. hard to say. If he comes out to be the number one um, a damn good corner again, there's no reason our defense should not be ranked number one in the NFL. I I completely agree. And uh, kind of just so you guys know, final score alert, uh, the New York Mets just walked off on the Yankees to sweep this doubleheader today. Nice. Go Mets. I, I'm not even surprised. Jose Ray. <laughs> You're only like two years late. Don't worry, he came back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Um, It's been great talking to everyone again. I think this is where we're going to cut it for tonight. Yeah, that was Um, a good episode. Yeah, it was. Um, For you listeners, thank you for listening. Um, If you can, go over to our Facebook page, give us a like at 716 Fast Break. We have updates on all things NFL. NBA, all four of the major sports we have updates on. Um, just leave some comments, tell what else you want to listen to, and we'll try to get back to you if we can. And thank remember you guys Trivia for listening. Friday. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Derek. Trivia Fridays, remember? Yeah, we had Trivia Fridays. Yep, and that's <laughs> going to be a huge thing, too, for all you Spotify listeners. You guys get about an extra... 30 to 35 minutes of bonus content from listening to where you are. So make sure when you go over to the Facebook page, you let people know that it's worth coming over to Spotify to listen to this last half hour. All right. Thank you guys. And you guys have a great night. You too. Deuces.